Welcome to Color Me Dead. This is a true crime podcast, and we talk about murder and fuckery most foul in detail while using the darkest of humor. If you don't like words like fuck and cunt, then you probably shouldn't listen. But if you do, then join us while we fuck your feelings. Hello? Hi, yo. Hi. How are you? You're looking mighty fine over there. Goodness, I gave myself a facial. A facial? And not the dirty kind. I was going to say, what What did you rub in? Um, Sugar charcoal scrub. Okay. Well, I was thinking sperm, but that works too. No. No sperm scrub kind. today? Nope. <laughs> not the dirty kind. I did like an actual facial. Show. Show. Welcome Color Me Dead listeners, to episode 68, which we are deciding to do Survivors Part 4. Yeesh. Yeesh. Because there's um, the first story I really wanted to tell because it's different than others. And the second story is also different. So we get an overwhelming amount of requests, which we love. So keep them coming. And we get an overwhelming amount of survivor stories. So if your survivor story doesn't make it this time, it will we still time. have it. We still have it. And, we're, you know, we're getting there. We are getting there. So before we start this episode, we are leaving for New Orleans this week on Thursday. Yes, we're fucking leaving. So we're going to be leaving the ninth. Um, we'll be in there the ninth. We'll be in there. In there. Whoa! What, what kind of trip is this? What are you getting me into? What are you getting Spencer into? Us? What? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Spencer. Sorry, I can't Spence. stop. So, anyway, we're going to be there from the ninth. God damn it. I can see you out of the corner of my fucking eye being silly. Okay, so we're going to be there from the 9th, 9th to the 13th. We're going to be posting updates on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So if you guys want to meet up with us, we're going to be staying at the Intercontinental Hotel. Um, they've got a lounge there. If you guys want to meet up somewhere else, if you want to go to a lounge, have a drink, have a smoke, whatever... Like, we're pretty much down for wherever you guys want to go. Yeah, we haven't posted where we're going to be because we don't know yet. We figured we, we'll know when we get there. So if you're going to be there, shout out to us and we can make arrangements. Make sure you tag us. Yeah, if you're... So that we yeah. don't miss it. Yes, we want to be there. Um, If you guys would like to uh, donate to our Patreon, go to patreon.com slash color me dead podcast or you can go to color me dead podcast.com and click on the donate button and there's three different options where you guys can do that we also want to give a big shout out to our patreons the examinators clinton tunes samantha vaughn and sharon hoffman all of our patreon donators are badass motherfuckers the new Yeesh. ones are having shit come shit coming your way you're gonna have some shit coming your way i've already got it in the package with your name on it and it's ready to go okay so our first story is actually from one of our listeners his name is michael pritt and if you're on the color me dead facebook group you're gonna know who he is most of our survivor stories have come from a female point of view and it's not nice but it is good to hear things from a male perspective. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I think. Yeah, because they go through they go through shit too and most of them just keep it quiet. However, there are guys that suffer at the hands of abuse as well. So, I'm going to read this pretty much verbatim without hitting yeah, that chord too many more fucking times because it's reverbing. Angel, it's, speaking of putting her hands on things, Angel's Jesus putting her hands on the goddamn microphone. Angel can't keep her fucking hands off it the It didn't cord. do anything to you. Stop. <laughs> Leave that goddamn cord alone. So, hey there, gory gals. I thought I'd go ahead and share my own survivor story. Some... Aw... Some parts of my story are very similar to everybody else's. At the same time, however, it is very different. From the youngest age that I can remember, I was actually molested. I was abused by a male family member. I was forced to perform oral sex, and then I had to allow them. No, you did That's so fucking, like, the way that's worded makes me want to vomit. It does. I had to allow them to fondle me. I guess I was lucky in the fact that they never tried to anally penetrate me. Let that fucking sink in. Right. This whole story, the, it just it's makes me pretty, so sad. It's pretty fucking brutal, you guys. I was told that if I said anything to any person, that he would hurt my parents and have me taken away from them. So I suffered in silence. Here's the part where my story differs. I was molested by a female family member. I was forced to perform mutual oral sex at around the age of eight. Was forced to perform actual sex with this woman. Wow. I now know as an adult that this amounted to me being raped. Although at the time, I didn't feel that way. The confusing part for me was being a boy. Even though the things that were taking place felt good, he knew they were wrong, but... At eight, you don't know the difference. You know that it's wrong, but then it's wrong and it feels good. So now how how are you supposed to feel? Well, you know, it feels good. Yeah. So, this is weird. But it's wrong. This is it, wrong. You're but eight. It, you but it feels good. Yeah, that's horrible that they put him in that spot. As, oh, I as, fucking wholeheartedly agree. As an eight-year-old. Eight? eight? Fucking eight? Yeah. I know that sounds really fucked up. But since I wasn't being penetrated, I had no pain associated with the experiences. This causes me to have a lot of shame and confusion as a child. The abuse lasted until I was 12. I realized later that the woman who abused me was probably also abused by the man that abused me. I learned as a teenager that the children who are abused, especially men, tend to grow up to be abusers themselves. This thought terrified me. My mother ran a daycare out of our house, and I was often scared to be alone in a room where the children were for fear that I would repeat the cycle. I also never wanted to have children or be in a relationship with someone who had children because I was convinced that I would molest them. You may think this is crazy, but maybe it was. The reason I was so scarred is that another thing that was happening happens to children who are sexually abused is that their sexuality goes into two extremes. Being very uptight and prudish, or in my case, hypersexual, when I was in my teenage years and in my early 20s, I had a lot of sexual partners. It's okay, did so did I. And participated in some risky behavior. Risky behavior. I did not. I, I didn't even kiss anyone until I was 16, so I have no opinion here. 
I was very, very safe. Yeah, I was. I, I was promiscuous. I was too. I was. But I was very. No, you weren't. You got pregnant. When I was 26. Um, We're talking about teenage years. He said early 20s. Oh, sorry. I was still stuck on teenage. I was 26 and it was my boyfriend that I'd had for a year. Um, when I graduated high school, I went to a college which put me in close proximity to my male abuser. Seeing him on a regular basis put me into a deep depression. I turned to drugs to escape from 19 to 26. I was a hardcore opiate user. Mm -hmm. Towards the end, I had a 240 milligram a day Oxycontin. Holy shit, dude. Okay, I was going to ask you about that. Like... Is Oxycontin like normal? Like, no. like, no, listen, like normal pain pills where they're like fives and 7.5s or how does that work? Um, so they come in like 10s, 20s, 40s and 80s. So like regular pain meds, right? Well, so like when you take a Loratab, you either get a five, yeah, a that's, seven or a 10. That's what I was asking. Is oh. it like measured the same way? Um, yeah. So if you're taking 240 milligrams, you're taking like the whole bottle that I got for... Uh, with Oxycontin, with 240, if you were getting 80s, you're going to be taking three of those a day. Yeah. Which, fuck, I cannot fucking... Oh, dude. So after... I can't handle a five of anything. After I had my last colorectal surgery, I had Oxycontin 80s. I took one one time. One, just one, laid down and felt like I was growing into the chair and couldn't get out of it and then got sick and vomited. I can't imagine 240 fucking milligrams. After my next surgery, I had two, I I would take two fives. So it was in total a 10 and I thought I was dying. Jesus Christ. I'm so sorry. No one in my family knew. I was called what they would say a functioning addict. I held two jobs, had a brand new car, and a two-bedroom townhouse all to myself. However, I couldn't get out of bed in the morning without snorting a rail of pills. In December of 2006, I moved back to my hometown, and I quit drugs cold turkey. That had to have been fucking rough. That had to be horrible. Fucking horrifying. God. Most people need a medical detox. Almost 12 years, and I haven't touched them since. Good for you, fucker. Fucker. Fuck. Listen, fucker. Good for you. Like proud it, of you. If it's a girl, we're like, oh, sweetie, I'm so proud of you. And for Michael, good for you, good, fucker. Good for you, fucker. I'm proud of you. You're fucking awesome, you're, fucker. You're fucking awesome. <laughs> Dude, can I get fucking two snaps in a fucking circle? Yes. I'm proud of you, motherfucker. So <laughs> after I got cleaned up, I reconnected with the woman I was friends with years ago. We started talking online and eventually we started dating. She had two younger children whose fathers were not in the picture. By this time, I had gotten over the fear of being a child molester. I was 27 and if I hadn't abused yet, the odds were I never would. Also, by this age, I was longing a family of my own. I wanted to start a family. Things were going great and we started to talk about everything. I found out through her that both of her children's fathers had physically abused her. I then understood why they were not around, and I felt sorry for her having her to go through life as a single parent and doing things alone. We eventually moved in together and got engaged. That's when everything changed. 
Not long after we moved in together, she quit her job. I was okay with it because I made enough money to support our new family. And it gave her time to focus on being a mother instead of being the sole provider. It didn't take long, though, for me to be the sole caregiver. I would work long hours and come home to a dirty house that I would have to clean. I would also have to make dinner because she hadn't cooked. She would start complaining about how I was never around for her and the kids and that I worked too much. When I would work less to spend more time with the family, she would complain that we didn't have any money. I was in a no-win situation. She was always irritable or depressed, and then it all came to a head. One day, I was cleaning the house. I came home, and I unstashed a bunch of pain pills. I had noticed that money was slowly starting to go missing from our bank account, and now I know why. I told her that I was a recovering addict and that I couldn't be around a drug user. We got into a heated argument, and I decided to leave. As I was packing a bag, she hid my car keys so that I couldn't leave and told me I couldn't leave. We argued over where my keys were until her three-year-old came out with my keys. I grabbed them and headed for the door. She jumped on my back and started punching me in the face and busted my lip. Since she was only holding on to me by one arm, I was able to roll her off my shoulder and knock her onto the floor as I made my way out the house. I left and headed to my parents for the night. This was around 6 p.m. Cut to 3 a.m. There's a pounding at the door at my parents' house. We all wake up, and it's a state trooper. He comes in and tells me he's making an arrest for domestic battery. Weird. I'm in total disbelief. I tell the officer, she's the one that hit me. He says, well, why didn't you call the police? I answered telling him that she had two small children and I didn't want her to be taken away from her kids. He didn't believe me. I was arrested and then taken to jail. Now, I said the fight happened at 6 p.m. She didn't call the police until 12 a.m. In that time, she went through the house and destroyed it. Like to make it look like there was a fight because she sounds like a stand-up chick. Oh, yes. Because, you know, after destroying the house, she calls the police. When I got to the police station, they told me that her story was that I drug her through the house, beating the shit out of her, and yet the only injury she sustained was a scrape on her elbow and a red mark on her neck, which she fucking did to herself. Right. Now... I'm six feet tall and about 200 pounds. She's five foot four and maybe 110. If he wanted to do some fucking damage to that bitch, he would have fucking done it. If he was dragging her through the house, beating the shit out of her, you would know. Oh, you would see that. Oh, for sure. Because it's like, okay, I know Spencer doesn't beat anybody, but Spencer is bigger than us. So if Spencer just were to like, give me a slap on the arm to be like, hey, buddy, It might seem like a small slap to him, but it's really hard to me because I'm smaller and he doesn't know his own strength. (laughs) Fair enough. Because he's done that to my bum or like when when he gives me a hug. Yeah. And he's being, he's being very sweet and he's being very adorable and like loving, but sometimes he'll wrap his arm around me and And give me, yeah, he'll give me a big anaconda, anaconda squeeze. And I'm like, please stop. I can't. Breathe. So if he's six foot and she's five four, if he's gonna, if he even hit her, oh, you would fucking know. You would see it everywhere. You would fucking know. So I told the officer 
that if I had done anything that she would claim she'd be in the hospital, I also showed him my busted lip. He didn't care and didn't photograph the evidence. So off to the county jail I go. The next day, my parents posted my $10,000 bail. Mind you, this is the first time ever that I've been in trouble with the law. My trial date was set and I waited I made too much to get a public defender and made too little to afford an attorney. My feather, my feather, your feather, yeah, feather. My father told me that since I hadn't done anything, I should be fine. And just to represent myself, this proved to be a huge mistake. The police allowed my parents to pick up my, my belongings since I didn't have contact with her. She had taken most of anything of any value. Fucking cunt. And not the good kind. No. The trial day came and I went to the courthouse. And when I stood before the judge, he asked where my attorney was. And I said, I couldn't afford one. He said, son, you do understand that you're facing a year in prison, right? Rage face is what I have right now. You're like, um, uh, he rage face fucking GIF dot GIF. Dude. And I've Kate, without the cops being involved, I've semi been in the same situation where somebody will beat on you and then turn it around, turn it around on you and be oh, like, "They this is hurt your, me. This Look is what your they fault. did." Me. Yeah, no, no, because same situation. If I would have fought, if I would have fought said person, they would know. You would see it. You would shit. You would know. I told him yes, and he said that I could defend myself, but he didn't recommend it. My heart sank, and at the thought of going to prison, I can only fucking it. C- could you? For nothing. For You, you didn't did do fuck- anything, and now you're going to go to prison, possibly? Then, an amazing woman from the public defender's office stood up and said, I'll take the case. Thank Yay. fucking God. Yay, said woman. Yay, lady. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, lady. We talked for a few minutes, and she asked where my ex was. When I told her that she wasn't there... The lawyer then went and had a sidebar with the judge. The case was then thrown out and I was so relieved. I thought it was over. I knew that I didn't know that there would be lasting effects. Oh, they're always fucking our sweetheart. No. And the fucked up shit is like the fact that when police arrive on a lot of cases, they immediately take the word of a woman. Yeah. And it's not fucking okay. More women get abused than men. However, more men get abused than you will ever fucking understand. And this is a clear fucking cut case of it. The same fucking shit happened to my brother. And it's frustrating because the police show up and they're like, oh, what happened? That little girl beat on you. Well, you know what? Okay, that little girl did beat on me. But if I fucking hit her back, then I'm the asshole. Right. Then I'm going to fucking jail. If I defend myself in any kind of fucking way. And leave any mark during the defense. Because like if he were to grab her hands. I know somebody who's, I think it was their kid, was like going ape shit on him. And he grabbed her hands and was holding them there so that she couldn't hit him. And he got in trouble. Mm -hmm. Like he got taken away when she was the one going totally ape shit on him. Dude, my brother got put on the fucking ground and had guns pulled on him after his wife pulled a gun on him. True fucking story. And then tried to throw herself into, well, 
First, she tried to throw herself into traffic traffic on 900 East, and then she pulled a 9mm on my fucking brother, pointed a loaded fucking gun at my goddamn brother, called the fucking police, slapped a police officer in the fucking face. My brother is on the fucking ground. She's outside, like, having an altercation with him. She was fucked up. I don't even know what the hell she had in her system. Basalts, fucking pills, I don't know. Daughter in the house. They almost shot his dog. Because the dog, well, yeah, your dog's going to defend. My dog would defend. If somebody bothered me, my dog is going to kill you. They kick the fucking door in and my brother has this adorable fucking boxer named Roger. He's actually quite retarded. With a T. (laughs) Roger. Yeah. God. Who was it? Roger. Roger. Sir Roger. (laughs) So it's my niece. She fucking did it. So anyway, they kick the fucking door in. Dog goes ape shit and attacks the police. And he's like biting because they grabbed my brother and fucking shoved him on the ground. And of course, my brother's just chilling in the house watching fucking Family House or whatever the fuck he was watching. He was watching some, oh, Full House. Some like dumb shit. And they throw him on the ground. So the dog's like, you're fucking up my people. So he attacks the police and my brother's bawling. He's like, oh, I'm going to cry. He's like, please don't shoot my dog. Please don't shoot my dog. And they were like, get him under control and the cop let him up so he grabs roger and throws him into the bathroom roger's trying to chew his fucking way out of the bathroom to like he should to protect his human to take care of dave so they take dave they put him back on the ground one of the cops is somebody he played fucking softball with and he was like what the fuck is going on and he's like my wife's fucking crazy she's pilled up she tried to run into oncoming traffic she pulled a fucking loaded gun on me she finally gave the gun to me it's right there i unloaded it the clip's right there blah 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 and she's down there fighting with the fucking police fucked up enough she slapped a fucking cop and the cop was like no bitch no into the cop car you go she was out of jail in less than three hours. How the fuck do you try to throw yourself into oncoming traffic, pull a gun on somebody and slap a fucking police and get out in three hours? Tell me how that fucking happens. You know, if, if your brother would have slapped the police, he would still be in there. If my brother had slapped the police, it would have been a 48 hour fucking hold. If I my brother love- had pulled a fucking gun on her. Right. There's no fucking way. It would have been like, oh, fucking attempted manslaughter. While I think that it's great that the police will um, protect us as women and like, here, we'll, we'll protect you from him. They should, they also need to turn it around and realize when it's when, because there are so many fucking crazy bitches out there. And I know a lot of them that will do nothing. They will call the cops because they know that they can get the other person in trouble. And it's a thing that they use. It's their defense. They'll go ape shit, go crazy, call the cops, say that they did something else. The cops are going to listen to them. And it, not always. I'm not like, I'm not trying to group them together or anything, but when you look at cases like Tracy Thurman, where the cops did fucking nothing, where Buck Thurman just totally tried to wreck his fucking wife. I get it, dude. I get it. But they were also there, like, they witnessed the shit. Like, he was stomping the fuck out of her, cut her fucking throat. The cop watched the whole shit. You can't come into a situation like this, not seeing it, not witnessing it, and taking the word of somebody that's got a little scrape on their elbow. 
right. not fucking okay. Right. And in both cases with your brother and, and Michael's case, like, uh, drug test much? So, anyway, with Michael, um, he has now been with his wife for eight years and been married for sex. Sex. For sex. He married for sex. Okay. What he doesn't know is once you get married, there is no sex. So you have done fucked up. Oh, that's a lie if I've ever told one. Right. Well, my brother, I was just texting my big brother about headphones. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. um, I'll get some. And he's like, I used to get some. Then I got married. I'm like, God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) So he's been with his wife for eight years. They've been married for six. Anytime I get pulled over, it comes up in my gap in it in the background check. I got you, girl. Anyway, comes up in his background check. Several times they have actually pulled his wife aside and been like, are you okay? Do you feel like you're in danger? I wish that, when, I don't know what shows up when they pull up, but why can't it say like it was it was dropped because it wasn't true? Like, can't they add that in there? Because- no, the case was thrown out of fucking court. He says that his wife in eight years could tell you, I've never laid a hand on her. I know for a fact that it's prevented me from getting several jobs and that the least of my problems is that it comes up every time I go to purchase a firearm. I hope this doesn't seem like I'm discounting anyone's story of being abused. I'm always the first person to believe a person when they say they have been abused in a relationship. However, it can be devastating to somebody's life to be falsely accused of a domestic abuser. And I fucking agree. I know a guy who had an ex-wife well they were married at the time Mm -hmm. and she was mad at him and so she called the cops and just said that he had been abusing her twice she did this to him twice so he's got two domestic abuse things on his record which at the time I was like okay I wasn't there I can't judge the situation she personally told me that she did that because she was pissed off at him I was like what you've got to be shitting me who does that but it's Kind of like we actually have a friend who we will not name. No. That there was a domestic dispute. Yes. Where, okay, from what I remember, she was beating the piss out of him. Oh, she's a uh, scrappy little bitch. And she works out. And I think that she trained, like, they actually trained, like, together. He's an MMA fighter. And I think that he was training her to fight too, like at that time. But I know they worked out every single day together. So oh, she, yeah. she wasn't a dainty little thing. She could, she could hold her she own. She could hold her own, and she would beat the piss out of him. And he, he, okay, if he, he wanted to, he could oh, have fucking wrecked her ass in a heartbeat. But he never did. And so she calls the cops on him saying that he was beating the piss out of her. The cops separate him, start questioning them. He's clearly physically beaten. You can see all of everything. Yeah, blood everywhere. And they were like, we're not going to press charges on you, but we think you need to press charges on on her. her. And he was like, no, no, just just go. I'm fine. I'm not going to press them. Like, I just want to leave. I just want to leave. Just get me out of here. Just get me out of here. And that, I know that was an emotionally fucked up relationship for him and did not help him out very well. Mm, It was rough on him. From what I could tell, like we're not besties or anything, but no, from what I could see it. Yeah. 
it hurt his feelings a lot because he definitely cared a lot about that girl. He did. And she's emotionally fucking unstable. And which is seriously fucking unfortunate. But um, for him to get his ass beat the way that he got his ass beat. Yeah. And then be like, no, I'm just not going to press charges because I love her. Well, and I think he didn't want to. I think it was a pride thing, too. Like, what guy presses charges, domestic abuse charges on his girl? Like, what his his thought, not mine. This is what I think that he was thinking. I am a a dude. I am strong enough to hold my own, so I'm not going to press domestic abuse charges on her because what does that make me? That's what I think. I don't know if that's really what it was. I don't know. It's fucked up, though, because, like, I saw him after that, and she walloped his ass. Yeah. He had that big old fucked up split lip and a mm-hmm. black eye and contusions yeah. all on his fucking forehead and she shit. She got him. Yeah, she did. So, next story? Next story. We're going to move on to, and we're going to call her Red. Red. Um, so if you share your story with us and you give us the permission to share your name, we most certainly will let, we will do that. If you are not okay with it, we will give you a nickname. And and, and now you are red. You are red. And in this story, you will find out why she does not want her name shared because it is still an ongoing issue. Yes. I'm just going to read it because I don't want to fuck it up. Starts out saying, okay, I got three bottles of wine and a pack and a half of smokes here to get through this. My story story was mostly based on verbal, emotional, and financial abuse and a whole hell of a lot of manipulation, gaslighting, coercive control. I fucking hate gaslighters. Me too. I hate people. I hate people in general, but gaslighters are fuckers. Get ready to get your hate button pushed because this story is going to push it. I've been I've been the victim of gaslighting before, and I know I know how fucking dangerous it is to your mental stability. Oh fuck, that's an understatement. She says, there will be people that hear this and will shame me for not getting out sooner. No, ma'am, there will not be because nobody was in your situation but you. Nobody can look in from the outside and tell you what you should have done. I've had many conversations with her about um, about this kind of abuse. Uh, we've talked about it a lot. And it's all mental abuse. She's very smart about it now. You'll find out. Let me just tell the story and then okay. we'll talk about that. I'll, I'll be quiet now. The only thing I can say toward that is those people are not me. Yeah, that's what I just said. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry about Sorry, that. Sorry, I jumped the gun. They do not process things as I do. They do not think like I do, nor love as blind me, blindly as I had. And I hope they are never put into this kind of position in their own lives. Fuck, I hope so too. Me too. So we're going to start with the childhood background. I've grown up, never really accepted or loved. My mother made it very clear my entire life that I was quite the financial burden. My dad was a violent alcoholic towards my stepmother. In my marriage, my ex-husband, while I will say is a very good man, never put our marriage first or second or even third. I wanted to please this ex I will be talking about so much. I grew up being groomed to be a people pleaser. 
Me too, girl. Midwestern politeness plus growing up watching the physical abuse my dad put my stepmother through all set this into motion, but I had no clue until years later when I finally reflected. Basically, please the fuck out of everyone to never cause any waves. Me too. I was taught the exact fucking opposite. I, I wasn't taught that, but that was how I was it wasn't like, hey, make sure you keep everybody happy, but that was what was implied and that's what I was supposed to do. And I'm just now getting out of that at 37 trying to find my way out of that people-pleasing mode and it's rough. I met the ex, let's call him Potato. Potato. It rhymes with his nickname plus I'm allergic to potatoes so it's fitting. <laughs> I That's love that. Fucking horrifying. Makes me happy. She's allergic to potatoes. I know. No French fries. Can we just have a moment of silence for Red's potato allergy? Okay. Ah. <sighs> Jesus Christ. How are you ever going to have animal style fries? Jesus Christ. I know. Fuck. Okay, go. So back in January 2010. Oh. She met him. We went off on a tangent in there, so it got out. She met him in January of 2010. A really good-looking musician and a chef. Fuck, uh, how did I you mean. not, like, follow? Yeah, I mean, I mean the shit. Two of my favorite things rolled into one human. I loved his music, and I love food. I was still going through a divorce from a very nice man when I met Potato. I was out at a bar after work one night and saw him from across the bar. I thought he was gorgeous. He finally swooped in next to me and said, My friend dared me to kiss you, but I'm not going to do that. Oh, he's got the moves. Fucking like Jagger. Yeah. She said she was hooked from that moment. He moved in after three days. Whoa. With no job and no car. Oh, hunty. Yeah, I, I know she knows better now. She's, well, well, she's yes. a smart bitch. Well, yes. But things were amazing for a while. For a while there. Regardless, he liked thrifting, drinking coffee, and chain smoking. Many a morning we sat at my table for hours just smoking, drinking coffee, and talking. He had a pretty fascinating backstory. Made up or not, I'll never know. I was drinking it all in. I was divulging anything about my past I could think of just to try to keep up with the same kind of exciting life. It was about two weeks into the relationship. I had a friend over to hang out. We were all having great conversations about politics. No, no politics are not. Fucking dude, religion, <laughs> abortion, fucking politics. No, you fucking do not. If anybody starts talking politics, I like, I'm going to go to the bathroom till you like, finish. Uh, so I got to go scrub my ass. Yes. Is, uh, and, until you're finished. <laughs> We were all agreeing and there was no fighting at all when Potato turned to me and said, you dumb cunt. Oh, fucking really? Yeah. I wasn't happy about it, but didn't say anything because he was really drunk and I didn't want to escalate things. My friend left. We went to bed and I stewed all night long while Potato snored. The next morning, I told him that that was completely unacceptable to ever say to me and that it was making me rethink our entire arrangement. He apologized profuse, profusely and agreed that it was a horrible thing to say and that he should have made and I should have made his ass sleep in a snowbank for it. I right. agree. Yes. So we're back on track now of the wonderful 
Oh, it's a love fest. The fest of love. We're back on track now of the wonderful of love. That was what I was trying to say. It was about 20 days in when he said he loved me. I remember that I said it back, but that I bawled the entire time. It wasn't that I was overcome by love or anything. It was something in my gut telling me that this wasn't going to go well at all. Dude, I got engaged like that once. It was horrible. Mm. It did not end okay. Things were good for a while. Then his evil started coming through. We were out one night, and when we got home, I couldn't find my debit card. I was frantic. I never knew. I never lose that thing. He laughed at me, and I was digging through everything I could think of. Like, I'm already rage pissed off right now. Just thought of that. The thought of that as you're frantically searching, and they're laughing at you. He just kept laughing this sick, sadistic laugh. In between his laughs, he just kept saying, You stupid cunt. You dumb box. God, how are you this fucking stupid? I cried and asked him to stop because I couldn't focus on thinking of anything with him yelling like that. Mm. Turns out my card had fallen out of my pocket and onto a rug that was a similar color. He knew where it was the entire time. Oh, you fucking cunt. Yep. And not the good kind. What an asshole. I found out later that he loved games like this. Uh, I know people like this. I know exactly what you are talking about. Yish. Uh, maybe people are sitting here now and thinking that this incident wasn't so bad. I, I know how bad it I was. I know how bad it is. And I don't fully know how to put into words how hopeless I was feeling at that moment. That stupid card was my life, and I didn't get paid much. And that night I had splurged for us to have a night to go out, and I had to pick a bill that I wasn't going to pay because of it. Dude, I... Leeshin. Even when I made enough money, if I lost my debit card, I would fruit the fuck out. Right. Because this was before they had the thing where you could go on your app and just turn turn like, off your turn card. turn the motherfucker off, yeah. right? God, what a douchebag. Yeah, I hate okay, him. Sorry. I hate him so much. And when we get finished, I'll tell you my vi- my I'm, mental image of him because it's oh, probably you, nothing like what he looks like. I know, but, I but I'm, I'm already like building his fucking image in my head. Yeah, you will. It will get better and we'll, we'll compare notes at the end. Okay. If we were in any sort of disagreement, the name calling would start. You dumb cunt was quite the staple, and I'm so fucking stubborn that I would fight back. His sick side loved the challenge. It took me years to see it, but I finally noticed that when his evil was about to kick in, there were signs. First, he would have a calm-paced yet labored kind of breathing. He would slide down in his chair, but hunch forward. His pupils would dilate like he was finally relaxing and knowing what verbal assault he was going to attack with. Holy shit. It's like the movie's fucking split. He, oh my God. I had a sordid past cheating in my marriage. I've done things that I'm not proud. I'm not proud of prior to meeting Potato. I stupidly had been very upfront and honest with him about these things because I was on a mission to turn my life around. And now that I had moved away from my failed marriage and was in a totally new city. Just shy of nine years later, I can honestly say that I am a completely new person and my past I moved away from is just my past. But by discussing those things with Potato, he found ammunition. Oh yeah, all you did was give him a fucking arsenal of shit to fucking unload on you. He knows your weak spot. Um, slut became his new favorite word. His exact first insult with that, you're such a whore. 
oh, wait, whores actually get paid. You're just a dumb slut. I dare a motherfucker to say that shit to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know if you know this, but I'm a prue and we're made out of steel and fucking iron. I will fucking wreck you. I'm really trying to keep this as short as possible. There's five years full of these memories just floating around in my head that are getting dropped into a book that who knows when I finally finish. So she is writing That's an actual book. Horrifying. Right? Five years. Right. And I know from recent experience when you finally like try to let some stuff surface that you have suppressed. Mm-hmm everything comes flooding in you're like oh i remember this happened and this mm-hmm. happened and the, and this and this and i bet that's what she's been going through lately and especially writing this story but she's also writing a book and i can imagine in the in the book writing yeah that it's just like oh god Everyth- here we go. it's just a fucking like somebody opened the floodgates and mm-hmm. it's flash flood yeah, yeah i'm sure happened to take side notes you remember this story to put it in later i can only imagine to sum up the verbal abuse, yes, words are just words. But when you're facing them almost daily from someone that says you are the love of their life, words take on the ultimate evil. Things don't get horrific until we got an actual place together. We were absolutely in love with this one-bedroom bungalow house with super cheap rent. The last day I had to get the rest of the stuff out of our old apartment happened to be the same day that his best friend's final hearing on a sexual assault charge. Potato wanted to go to the hearing, and while we were there, he mouthed off to the victim. As it turns out, Potato had warrants for his arrest for unpaid fines, so he went right to jail, and I had to figure out a way to get him out while also cleaning out the apartment. Like, knowing what she knows now, she would probably be like, bitch, I'm going to clean the apartment. You can stay there. I'll get to you when I'm done. But when you're in this mind fuck, you are not thinking correctly. They fuck with your mind and tweak your brain. Saying things like, when somebody says, you're the love of my life, and then such mean things come out of them. Well, and at the point, Jesus Christ, at this point, she's so mind fucked that it's like, well, this is just this is what I have to deal with if I want to be with him and I love him so much. And what am I going to I mean, I'm not speaking for her, but that's what you thought I in think your situation. and I have felt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After many stops to different music shops, I finally found a good price to sell his guitar. Still shy of the money needed to post bail, but I just couldn't find a better price. His dad ended up posting his full bail, and I had to go get his guitar back. I got yelled at for it by the owner of the shop, so after cleaning and dealing with all that, with that whole day, I had to go pick him up from jail. My brain and body were just burned out. He got in my car and was all laughs about it. I was disgusted. Of course he's going to think it's funny. Ooh, I'll like, slap the shit out of him. Because oh, yeah, it didn't cause him anything. He got no. he just was chilling out in jail all day. I'm sure the, the booking process was annoying. But she's frantically trying to get money, trying to clean and get out of this apartment. God. I know. Dude, fuck you, potato. Potato. Fucking For a few weeks, we were just going through the motions of getting a home established. I love nesting like that, so it was great for me. He got a good job as an executive chef at a dying supper club that was trying to rebrand themselves. Things were going to be okay in my mind. 
His new job, however, stressed him out to the point that he brought it home and took it out on me. Demands to go get him more booze, smokes, and whatever he fancied. This wasn't up for discussion either. This was, you do this now. Everything was like that with him. He'd say, jump, and you better fucking jump, or else you would be verbally torn down to the studs. But hey, it was just fine. Just words. I can handle that. He wasn't abusing me, right? I was just standing my ground as best I could. There would only there were only the rarest of moments that I wouldn't fight back. The first rare time he was physical was in a moment of me not backing down. I wanted resolution in a fight, so I followed him into a different room. He spun on his heel, grabbed me by the throat, and launched me back into the wall. Somehow, he still got me to believe that it was my fault. That's what they do. Like, if you hadn't followed me into the room... I wouldn't have had to grab you and fucking choke you in the throat. Mm-hmm. Ooh, fucking... uh, mm -mm. I fucking dare a motherfucker. Dude, I'll come at you like a little fucking spider monkey on fucking Mountain Dew. Chip, I'm all hopped up on Mountain Dew. I swear to fucking state law. Swear to God. State law. I might, you might knock me down and I might not get back up, but that first fucking go around is going to be a dirty son of a bitch. Oh, I feel so bad. I know. When his friend got out of jail, Potato decided to move him into our basement same friend was se- was sexual assault-, assault charges. God, I can't say words. His friend had always made my skin crawl after a prior incident where he he made an inappropriate pass at me, but Potato didn't care. This was his friend, and he was going to move on, move in. Case closed. Of course, let's do what Potato wants. Let's make the jobless oh, you piece get the, of shit. You get happy. to make the yeah. You get to make the fucking rules. Yeah, yes. Okay. A couple weeks into this living arrangement, his friend decided it was a great idea to shove his tongue in my mouth and his hand into my shorts. He was drunk and I didn't know what to do. At that point, I knew I could fight to thoroughly fuck a person up, but I, okay. At that point, I knew I could fight to thoroughly fuck up a person, but I honestly never wanted to hurt another human. I made him go to go sleep it off in my bed and didn't say anything to Potato for a while. I knew what would happen when I told when I would tell him. I fucking knew. Gee, let me guess what he would do. Um, slut horror. It was you. So after a while, I did tell Potato. Want to take a guess what happened? Mm. It was totally my fault. I had led his friend on enough to assault me because, yep, makes sense. Through the years, Potato dragged that memory up. So, not only was I disgusted by what his friend did, I was completely blamed for it. Of course. Of course. Of course. So, I'm sure there are people out there right now saying, why didn't she just leave? To sum it up, I freeze. There are some of us that just fucking freeze up. I hear so much of, oh, I would have kicked his ass to the curb and changed the locks. It's not always that easy, though, because there are situations where... I mean, A, it could have been a financial situation where you needed the help or B, you're in a codependent relationship because I've fucking been there too. Or C, you don't know what to do. You don't know what to say. D, it could have been like, but I still love you. And my, what are we on? E? E? In in my opinion, it, it was, um, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh my God. Hold, please. Fuck mouth. Make words. 
Oh, it's that she doesn't want to deal with the bullshit. Like I can break up with him, but what, what kind of bullshit is that going to bring me? If I leave, leave my CDs alone, potato. Yeah. Fucking son of a bitch. Potato, you just go. If people had any idea how difficult some breakups slash divorces are. Yeah. God damn. There is so much more emotional bullshit into it than just, fuck you, I'm done. Because she could have said that. She could have said, potato, I'm out. Potato wouldn't leave. Potato would keep coming back. We'll get it. We'll talk about that more in a little bit when we finish telling the story. But nobody can judge at this point unless you have been through the emotional bullshit of a relationship. Because if you haven't, you don't understand what a grasp it is. It's somebody's got a damn vice grip on your chokehold on you. Mm -hmm. And your thinking is not what your normal thinking would be. Anyway, we'll go back. This is, these are Red's words again. It doesn't work like that. It was a rental property and I was on the lease. That was my home. I don't know this town and I was financially drained from his demands of whatever he needed money spent on. So I basically had no money. I had Mm -hmm. two pets at the time, so it's harder to find a place. And why couldn't I just tell him to leave? Plain and simple. He refused to. A hundred percent refused to. Oh, 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 I've been there. Funny law in this town is once the residence is established, no one tells you how to go about getting rid of a person who refuses to leave, even if they are paying nothing towards living there. No, and I've been there as well. If they're receiving their mail there, that is their established like residence. Even if they're not on the fucking lease, you can't fucking kick them out. If you're a petty person, what you do is go pretend like you're getting evicted have eviction notice served, have said person get their shit out, but you're not really getting evicted. God, you that's stay. clever. I know someone who did that. Back to the ranch. Back to the ranch. Back to the ranch. Ranch, ranch. Ranch. Also, the police here will tell the victim to leave if there's any sort of altercation and the verbal abuse doesn't count towards anything. So she's got no case. It's just verbal. So they don't give a fuck. It's just words. It doesn't hurt. Right. Yeah. Fuck it. Fuck. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. I swear to fucking God, I'll kick you in the nuts. (laughs) Bastard. (laughs) You fucking bastard. You right dirty cunt. Yes. Right in your fucking minge. (laughs) (laughs) You can't with the minge right now because you can't. Anyway. Even getting things thrown at you doesn't do shit with the cops. The police here are 100% on abuser size and circumstances like mine, which is, which sucks. Which really sucks. Dude, you can't fucking, you can't win for fucking losing. Either you're the dude and you're getting fucked over, or you're getting mentally, emotionally, fucking verbally abused, and they're like, ah, there's no physical evidence. You're kind of on your own. What? What? I know this. There's chick. no evidence. You're you're just kind of how ha- you know what? You should pack your shit and go. What? I know this chick who was living with this dude who was rich and was providing everything for her. And I don't even know if they were in a relationship. They were just like she was just taking all of his stuff. And she 
somehow, because she's one of those crazy women that we were talking about earlier that will accuse, accuse, accuse when she's the one that's fucking psycho, but mm-hmm. say the other one did it. She somehow got a restraining order against him, keep making it to where he couldn't go in his own fucking house. They even threatened to arrest victims should they have to come back. I was literally threatened to be ha- to be arrested because I wanted to, to a safe home. There is a serious lack of training with the PD here, and it makes victims feel even more home- hopeless. Here I was witnessing that potato was escalating, and my hands were tied because the one place I would call for help refused to. The shelter here just doesn't even respond. It's the goddamn Wild West in the Midwest. Potato would throw things at me. If I got hit with whatever he was throwing, he would just say I was so stupid to get in the way. I had a lovely four-inch long, a four-inch long black bruise on my thigh for, finger quote, getting in the way of a laundry basket, being hurled down the stairs when I was coming around the corner while he was screaming at me. Glad I missed the solid cement gnome that flew down the stairs moments prior. Take all of this, wrap it in a blanket, and then add sleep deprivation to it all? That's going to go great, right? Potato could be sleep deprived and didn't care what mood he would go to work in. I personally cannot handle the lack of sleep, especially when working 14 to 16 hour days in an office for a big project. 14 to 16 hour days in an office are goddamn exhausting. You get so mentally exhausted. The computer like wears you the fuck out. God, and then getting um, a fourteen-hour day anywhere you go, sixteen. No, I'm sa- no. Yeah, you're gonna be tired. You need your sleep. Angel's not doing it. <laughs> His screaming at me was keeping me from getting even four hours of sl- of sleep at a time. I was a mess. I ended up having to take a month off work because of an almost mental break. My psychiatrist saw it coming, but didn't know what was happening, so he just authorized my time off. Timeline is sketchy on some of these things. My memory is seriously jacked from all of this. Gaslighting coupled with the massive amounts of sleep deprivation have caused pretty impairable brain damage at this point and some other fun issues inside my head. Some of these happened before what I wrote and some happened after. Just trying to sum up as best as possible. Potato went to a hotel party with some girl we had met at a bar who was interested in his menu. Is that what we call it? Mm-hmm. I went home not feeling well, and he came home around 4 a.m. with giant claw marks on his back. Still somehow convinced me that he fell down a wall while outside having a smoke at the hotel. I'm sure he did. Right. Right. Potato would lie about being at work, but he was really taking other women out on dates. Potato would randomly stay at a woman's house who he worked with, claimed she was the crazy one obsessed with him. She wanted him. I'll say that much, but I'm pissed at her because she knew I existed in his life. At one point, I told him he needed to get a job. His job as executive chief... Chef. chef, Chief. Chief. Wow. His job as executive chef lasted eight months at best. And he told me no. So I'll admit at that point, I pulled a crazy bitch card and threatened to chow down my entire bottle of pills if he didn't move out. I was at wit's end with this expectation that I would always be the provider when I just couldn't handle the financial burden he presented. His version of the of coercion was is to berate a person into submission and lie through his teeth. 
He coerced badgered me into buying him guitars that he has never paid me back for. With his guitar purchases alone, I am out about $3,000. All said and done, including living expenses, I am out well over ten grand from this that I know I will never see. He put me in a place to assist having and his dad put in prison. His dad deserved it. This is just an important point to share. His cheating that he never Fing- did. Finger quotes. Finger quotes. Finger quotes. I never did that. Has given me an STI that I will never be rid of. I wasn't allowed to listen to the music I enjoyed. I would get berated for trying to look nice. Who, Who the, the fuck, fuck are, are you? you looking nice for? Why are you getting ready? Yeah. What do you put makeup on for? It was never treated. I was never treated as an equal. My complaints were met with, oh, here we fucking go again. I want to hit this guy with I want to hit this guy with my truck too. Well, he doesn't want to fix anything, so he's going to make her feel like a douchebag for having any kinds of concerns to try to fix the relationship. This one pisses me off the worst. I was not allowed to cry because crying is only what a weak person does. Why the fuck would you want to be weak? God, you are so fucking weak, disgusting. Get over yourself. Okay. I don't cry. I don't like to cry. I do. But I cry over fucking everything. I don't care if other people cry. I'm not going to tell anybody they're weak. And maybe the reason I don't like to cry is because of people like fucking Potato that I don't want to show my weakness. I don't want to give them, I don't want to open anybody up for that to come in. I don't want to show weakness. And that could be a mental fucking stupid thing from people like Potato. But I'll never tell somebody not to cry. I, I mean, I'll be like, don't cry. Oh my God. But I don't mean it. Oh, I fucking dare somebody to tell me not to cry. I tell you not to cry all the time, but you know, it's just because I'm being awkward. I'm like, oh God, I I don't know what to do with my hands. You're crying. Yeah, but I cry over fucking everything. It's when I don't cry and I start laughing, get fucking worried. (laughs) You should get worried. You should run away. And yet that wasn't the worst of it all. One evening, I finally tried to end the relationship. He said, well, honey, I can stay awake a little longer than you can. So you best be sleeping with one eye open. You son of a bitch. In the past, he had been fond of sleeping with a butcher's knife under his pillow. I had no clue where his mind was at this point. I barely slept that night. I lied to him in the morning telling him that I wanted to work uh, some overtime. So if he needed a ride to work, he should get up so I could take him. I took him to his job and then headed to work. But I wasn't there to do any work. I was there to print off forms to file a restraining order. Thank Jesus. No shit. I tried contacting the local shelter and helping with the filing of the uh, restraining order, but they did not want to help me. So I went to the courthouse alone. I was exhausted and apparently filled out the paperwork wrong. Well, after you haven't slept because you're afraid of being carved with a butcher knife, I can imagine paperwork doesn't get filled out right. I don't know. 16 hours a day, four hours of sleep, butcher knives. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I would imagine it was less than four hours of sleep that night if he told her to sleep with one eye open. The clerk of courts was not happy with me, but she gave me new paperwork, which I filled out wrong again. I can't put enough emphasis on how exhausted I was. I finally got it right, and a temporary restraining order was put into place immediately. But because there was no actual violent action against me, I had to shell out almost $400 for the restraining order and, and to have it served to him. Ugh. 
So the hearing for it comes around maybe two weeks later. I was so scared through all of this. I was on my own. No friends to fall on. No one to talk to. Everyone had given up on me because I had stuck with him for so long. I went to court and thankfully he was a no-show. I don't like saying anything bad in front of authority figures, but the judge asked potato or asked what potato had said to me over the years. I didn't want to say it. I cried. I apologized and tried to explain myself. I said, Your Honor, I don't want to disrespect you, so this is hard for me to say. And with his nod of approval, I unleashed all the horrible things he screamed at me through the years and ended up and ended with the sleep with one eye open. Like, I get where she's at. They're already like, I don't want to say the words to you that he said to me. So, yeah. I just got like. Mm. Yeah. The judge nodded and granted the full four years on the restraining order for me. I was shocked. With dealing with law enforcement on this, I had gotten nowhere, so I was so surprised that the judge was on my side. I guess money talks, though. I had to pay more money to have the final verdict served to Potato, which sucked because I was also in the process of buying a house, and this was zapping the fuck out of my savings for it. God, no shit. $400 here, $500 there, but $1,000 here. It's like having a fucking auction. But, Jesus. But wait. There's more. There's more. This isn't even the end. Oh, no, 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 no. We're going to Billy Billy Mays. <laughs> but wait. But wait. There's more. There's more. The day of the final verdict, Potato was served. He was already out of my house, but remember how I said we had his dad put into prison? He had a friend text me the day of that final verdict to tell me that Potato's dad was killed in prison. Potato knew that I would never want anybody dead. He knew that his information would eat at me. Um, I had a hand in that. I was devastated. His dad was definitely in the wrong for what he did, but I never wished him to die. This weighed on my mind until I was fully moved into my new house. I wrote a letter to Potato saying how sorry I was to hear of his dad's death and that if he needed anything to know and discuss the reasons why I did what I did, he could call me. I dropped it in a box of the rest of his things I still had and took it to his work, which he did. He came over to the new house and we sobbed over the death of his dad. We discussed my position in the relationship and why I had to do what I did. We passed it along as water under the bridge. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I get it. No, I get it, though, because you get back that person that you like. When you see the person that you initially fell in love with. Yeah, and you see a little shell of that person and you grasp onto every little bit of hope that you have with that, that part of that person. Every good vibe, every good memory, every good everything you ever had with that person suddenly comes like rushing back yeah and you're like here it is this is why this is why i dealt with all the bullshit because this person is inside there and we were back together my pity for him coupled with my own insecurities are just a dangerous combination things were great for a while i needed a new paint job on my house and he was more than willing to help after the guy i had hired bailed on me he primed almost the whole thing for me Things got rocky again. I'm talking in a matter of months. It took for it to go from welcoming him back to doing what I had to do. He was escalating now. I thought I could still handle it. I remember sitting on my front stoop and him screaming at me. I had just made and put my dinner bowl or put my dinner in a bowl and it was sitting somewhere within his reach. 
He threw it at the back of my head. It clipped my ear and then he locked me out of my house. Still welcomed him back. Good Lord. Months later, I got invited out by a friend. She wanted to go to a hip hop bar. I don't think I'm calling it by the right name. I feel you. I have no fucking clue what you call those places. This is not my scene. Club? I don't know. Is it a club? Yeah, I don't know. I don't fucking know. It's not my scene, but I didn't know that till I got there. In a matter of a few hours, he had bombed my phone with texts and calls begging me to come home. I came home at 11.30 p.m. I know, right? And it was a fight from the moment I stepped foot into the door. He was trying to bait me into saying something racist. Like, why? He enjoyed doing that to people. I just said that it wasn't my kind of music scene, and he tried to and tried to leave it at that. The night progressed to be awful, but I really can't even say how that happened. I was sober, and I didn't drink anything to my recollection after I got home. He was furious I wasn't taking his racism bait. There was a hours-long screaming match where I would just want him out of my house. He took the battery out of my cell phone and hit it. He was throwing knives from my butcher block. Once at me, but it stuck in the short wall I have in my kitchen. He threatened to kill himself. I've been around enough of that in a lifetime to be able to talk him down from it and get the knife away from him. How sad is that that she already knows like what to do? Like it's protocol. So, uh, so there's steps that I need to take. Okay. So step it has, one. Step one. It has a knife in its hand. Tell it that you love it. That everything's okay. Use a mild, mellow tone. What the fuck? It sucks that he did that to her to make her brain think that that's what she needed to do. From around 4.30 a.m. to 6 a.m., I had pinned him with my legs in the kitchen because I didn't want him in my house anymore. I didn't want him to hurt my pets. I didn't know where his mind was at. I had never seen him like this. So I don't know what she means by pinned him, but I'm thinking holding up a door so he can't get out. I don't know. Or does she have him, like, is she on top of him? I don't know. I don't understand that. Red, hook us up with an explanation here. Explain yourself. Explain. Explain. Even if I had the actual battery in my phone, I was terrified to call the cops. I let this monster back on, back in on my own, and now I had to suffer the consequences of it. No, you don't. My brain was screaming at me that this was my fault, and I had to handle it. I understand that. I understand that. I just feel bad that she f- like felt to, that way. That, that she, she had to do it too. That she had to have that thought. Like, well, this is my bed. I have to. I made it. You know, oh, I, I have fucking, to deal with it. Oh, I made my bed and now I have to sleep in it. Yeah. So she still dealt with that for a few more months. I want to start this part of my story by saying I'm not fully proud of what I had to do to finally be rid of this person. But all legal matters have been settled for years now. So I can speak out about it sort of openly. So there, there are so many details from that night and I'm at a loss on what to leave in and what to take out that I've just pasted in the chapter of the book about it. So this is the part that she's written in her book that she's writing. She just took the clip, took out the clip, probably section, not a clip because it's not audio. Just like, so we're clear. I know, but... You're so used to doing audio, you're like, I know, this clip, it's a clip. It's a clip. <laughs> hmm. My life forever changed because of one day, February 6th, 
2015 was a huge stepping stone in my life. It was the epitome of hitting absolute rock bottom. It was the day I finally broke the silence. I feel it necessary to recant all of these details because most of the fights, I can't remember anything. I get that. You black out and don't have a clue what's going on. I had gotten done with work early for once. I could have taken overtime for the extra money, but it was Friday and I had just gotten my tax return back that morning. So I was itching to get out of the sea of teal cubicles and finally buy myself some fun, aka go out out for for the the night. night. Yeesh. Go go buy some fun. When I got home, man child was nowhere to be found. Turns out he had the same idea apparently. I met him out at a bar I had never been to, but always wanted to try. This was an awesome vintage car pinup girl themed bar with delicious specialty drinks. Oh, like a rockabilly place. Sounds fun. Yeah, I would do that. Yeesh. We had been fighting all week about money, so the fact that he was out with his minuscule paycheck was salt in a fresh yet familiar wound. Mm -hmm. I had been texting him throughout the day that I was getting tired of being sad and angry all the time and not wanting to come home, to which I'm fairly certain he He laughed. laughed. Fucker. Oh, I'm sure he fucking did, little piece of bastard. He like... Piece of bastard. You piece of bastard. (laughs) You're not even a piece of bastard. You're a whole bastard. You're a whole one. The whole bastard. He like... Piece of bastard. (laughs) He lives off of her misery. The fact, like, oh, anything, he fucking reveled in it. Anything he could do to piss her off makes him happy. It makes me fucking sad that people like that exist. That they fucking God, they like live in other people's fucking misery. And whether you like experienced that person, you know somebody like it. You have to. Somebody. Oh, ha- yeah. So everybody knows somebody like this. Oh yeah. Ugh, fuckers. That was the response I got when I approached the subject upon meeting up. That was the moment I decided that it was just finally over. If he was going to continue to mock me and my legitimate complaints and become verbally assaulting over it all, I somehow mustered the strength in my mind that this was done. Unfortunately, I couldn't tell him this because he was quickly approaching this all-too-familiar, belligerent, drunken state. He finished up his drink as I had ordered another one. So I said that I was going to hang out around there for a while and that I would meet him at home. Yeah, he stopped at the grocery store to pick up some hot dogs and went home. I ended up having two drinks after he left because I was really having a delightful time conversing with some new people that I had no urge to deal with the shit storm waiting for me at home. Oh, fucking. <sighs> Gee, I can't imagine fucking why. Right? It's like, uh, can I just stay out all night, please? I don't want to. Oh, my God. Dude, where's the after party? Yeah. Please? Fuck. <laughs> I felt free with the huge decision I had finally made and had it in my head that I was going to stick to it. I felt strong for once, truly light. I didn't want to have that dampened. I texted I was on my way home and asked if he needed anything. I do realize the hypocrite that I am in asking about his needs, but there were a few reasons for me asking. I wanted to see what we actually needed for food in the house, and I was also trying to keep him as calm as possible by appeasing to his needs. He needed a pack of cigarettes and buns for the hot dogs. I stopped at the store, got his things, and bought myself two bottles of wine. I splurged and bought my favorite wine. Splurging in those days for me was spending an extra $3 on similar but better bottle of wine. 
To this day, I have rarely purchased that specific type of wine because it ends up sparking the reflection on this specific evening. Not the best memory to be slapped slapped in the face by. When I returned home, I poured myself a glass of the favorite wine and headed down to the basement where he was chain smoking. While I didn't care why, I did push for some sort of conversation about it. In my heart, I knew that it was not the evening to approach a breakup. He refused to speak about anything. He was on his phone instead. I opted to come back upstairs to spend time with the animals. I wanted loud music. I needed something to drown out the anxiety and the coldness I was feeling. Mm-hmm. I needed something to announce the amount of hurt I was feeling, the anger and sadness that was consuming. I needed to make it known to this house, and in the only way I knew how to speak was through music. I opted to play, say something. I'm like a rage, like fucking hate metal. Whether I'm happy, whether I'm sad, whether I'm pissed off, always metal, like rage metal. It's usually metal. like if I'm, if I'm angry and upset, and I need to be calmed down, it's like The Cure. I play the 80s. It's Simple Minds. It's shit like that. If I'm angry as fuck and I'm getting ready to fuck somebody up, it's like Rob Zombie, Nine Inch Nails, Marilyn Manson, fucking Lamb of God, give me some Slayer, Little Pantera. Fuck, I'll play, dude, my favorite, like if you really want to fuck with me, Guns and Roses, Step in the Ring, motherfucker. And those are all of my chill music, breakup music, any kind of music. Like, that's, I just oh, have dude. one. I have a go to. Tw- uh, the Twins of Terror. I know. I'm so Twins sated. of Evil. Twins of Terror. Evil. evil. I'll bet you 20 bucks. No, I don't have 20 bucks to give you because I just gave my kid all of my money. Right? Like $200. Right? To watch the dogs, buy fucking food, put gas in the Jeep. Yeah. Kids are fucking pricey. Oh, just wait, Fuck. motherfucker. Yours are going to start driving here pretty quick. Remember that mine has fucked up teeth, so I think that we're pretty much even there. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because I'm like 10 grand into teeth between two Fuck. kids right now. I don't recall what I was playing at the time, but I'm sure it was something from my past that he absolutely hated. I was grasping at any straw possible to show that I was my own person. He ventured upstairs and stood in the kitchen. I also moved to the kitchen, prepared for whatever gaslit argument would be thrown at me. I was determined that he wouldn't get the best of my mind this time around. Good for you. I know. My mind was filled with all the ways he had messed up my life through the years. While my mind was reeling, he decided to dump the rest of my expensive, finger quote, expensive. expensive. Like, we get that. If you spend, like, more than eight bucks on a bottle of wine, that that's shit's like, expensive. <laughs> no, dude, for real. That's like me buying, because I like that wine Faust. Yeah. It's 50 fucking dollars a bottle. God. Or if I go to buy a handle of Tito's. It's like $45 instead of buying shit vodka and I buy Tito's. If somebody were to dump my Tito's down the fucking drain, I'd be like, you're a bad person. I'm going to have to kill you. I think the most expensive bottle of wine I ever bought was like 15 bucks. And it was that raspberry honey or no peach honey. Oh, the the fucking beehive. Mm -hmm. Utah beehive. Yeah. That shit's yum. No, I like, uh, it's called the devil's Faust and it's, uh, I it's feel a, like, like a burgundy red wine. I've yeah. bought it to your house. Yeah. But it's like $54, 50 to $54 a bottle, yeah. depending on where you fucking buy it. And I don't like it. God, not, it's, you're I like not cheap a red wine. Yeah, you're not a red wine. I girl. like cheap. You're a Moscato sweet. sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Yeesh. sorry. Yeesh. So anyway, he was, he when he decided to dump her expensive bottle of wine, 
she was he was telling her, you dumb, fat, stupid, lazy cunt. So, of course, she, she saw red, as any of us would. A swarm of every horrible thing he had ever said to me screamed at me, clouded my brain. I know this feeling. Like, it starts at your toes. And fucking radiates clear to your fucking ear. And it's all hate. Mm-hmm. Every bit of it's fucking hate. Oh, dude, it's like stepping into a fucking hot bathtub. And after that, like uh-huh. you cannot be you you cannot be held accountable for what happens after that. If no, somebody's like, pushed you that far, fucking s- saddle up, motherfucker. It's like it stepping in the ring with the fucking Hulk, like yeah. Bruce Banner. I'm always ring angry. Yeah. That's my secret. I'm always angry. Motherfucker, say some shit like that to me when I'm ready to go fucking toe-to-toe. So once you've pushed somebody to this point, you probably ought to be ready for what's coming. Just it's, saying. It's going to be bad things. Sorry. Just saying. Not sorry. In these few seconds, my head was throbbing with full-blown rage. I felt no fear, only pure rage and hate. There was his almost empty bottle of wine next to me, and I threw it at him. I had enough of being called names. I had enough of being made to feel I was some second-rate citizen in my own house. I had enough of feeling like some goddamn failed Stepford wife. I threw that bottle, intending to hit the cupboard near his head, but ended up smashing it into the back of his head. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Right? That's how I throw. Like, if I'm aiming at you, you're fucking safe as can be. If I'm trying to, like, throw something in your direction but not hit you, I'm going to fucking bean you right in the middle of the face. I still think it's fucking funny. I, I'm glad that it hit him in the head. Like, Dude, I, yay. One point. I'm a... Dude, I played softball. I will fuck you up. I can fast pitch like a son of a bitch. I can't hit shit. Unless I'm like, if I don't really care if I hit it or not, then I got it. Like, bullseye. Regardless of what I hit, that bottle shattered and I fell to my knees trying to clean it up while he screamed at me. I have no recollection of what he was screaming. I just wanted the glass picked up as I was worried about my cat. I was worried that my cat would step in it. Dude, that sounds like me. Fuck you. Oh, God. Hold all my shit. My dogs. Yeah, hold. He was screaming so bad I ended up just scream, just screaming for him to get it out. I shoved him down the stairs, all while telling him to get out. He fell. I have to admit that I have very mixed feelings about what happened. In my heart, I know that words should not cause any sort of violent reaction. In my head, though, I know there would have been absolutely no end to the torment had I not done what I did. I would have never been able to be rid of him if I just let it go. He grabbed up his cell phone. He made it seem that he had dialed the phone number. He stated that there was a domestic violence situation at my address and that he needed help. I grabbed my coat and purse and walked out the front door. I knew what I did was wrong, and I was ready to suffer the consequences. He waited what seemed like half an hour, brought me a bottle of wine, and said, Don't flatter yourself, princess, and walked into the house. Fuck you, potato! Give me a peeler. Yes, let's peel it. Let's fucking take its skin off. Yes. I grabbed my things and came back inside. I kept my coat, purse, and keys nearby because I didn't know where this night was actually headed. He was down in the basement again, and I was upstairs blasting music. I heard the back door slam. After a while, his car pulled out of the driveway. I barricaded the doors with chairs within reach. And a few minutes later, I rethought this move and removed the barricades. My bottom line was to prevent any legal intervention. 
He returned and went down to the basement again. I heard him talking on the phone to a friend. I believe they were instructing him to call the police. Dude, fuck you and your friends, man. Which she understood because you know that he was playing the victim. He was oh, like, yeah. oh, she did this. And they're like, you should call the police. She's fucking crazy. God forbid you mentioned like the five years of mental bullshit that you or put on her. Or the fact that you fucking have thrown shit at her, including right. fucking laundry basket, a bowl of her food, a gnome. Jesus, I know. Yeah. I crossed my fingers that he wouldn't, but then I heard him make make the call to report it. I again walked outside with my coat and purse. I did end up posting some sort of vague post on Facebook that I was most likely going to jail that night. The police arrived shortly thereafter. They asked me what was going on and I admitted I admitted fault. I also stated that I had a restraining order filed against him. I showed my hands and stood up. The police searched me and we walked inside. I asked if it were okay to have a cigarette and they declined. Okay. They're not like Dog the Bounty uh, Hunter. No mother you know what? Guess what? It's my fucking house. If I want to smoke in my fucking house, I'm going to smoke in my fucking house. That's the coolest thing about Dwayne fucking Chapman, motherfucking, and he Beth. always like, make sure you got a, 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 smoke. a fucking smoke before you go to fucking jail. Like, I don't smoke, so I don't care. But I do. they always make sure you've got that so you can calm your nerves. Go, dog. Just saying. Yeah. I asked if it was okay if I kenneled my rabbit and they obliged. While one officer was questioning him, they searched me again and handcuffed me. I was shaking from fear and anger, yet somehow remained calm. They asked him if he needed any medical attention, to which he declined. They then had him stand up and handcuff him, as well as stating that he had no right to be in my house with a restraining order in place. The officers were accidentally showing their confusion to the entire situation. Oh, I they can only fucking like, imagine. Uh, what the fuck is happening? Right? right like, now? we have to arrest you because you're here, but. We're probably going to have to arrest her for this. Yeah. For, <laughs> like, shit. Oh, God. Everybody, oh, God. Does anybody have a handbook? I don't know <laughs> what to do. <laughs> Are there. Are there rules? Is there a cheat sheet for this? Because I don't know what the fuck I'm, I'm doing. I'm a little confused here. One officer led me out to his vehicle, searched me again, and started questioning me. I really don't know how much sense I was making at this point. I was exhausted and angry. I remember speaking about the restraining order to which the officer interjected, what I presumed to be his own personal feelings that I should have dropped the restraining order if I wanted things to work out. And I kept my mouth shut on this. I felt too much anger and defense bubbling toward my mouth, and I didn't want to lash out in an officer of the law who could make things a lot worse for me. That was probably a good call. Fucking, yeah, I was going to say wise choice. Yeah, that was a good one. After my statement, I was taken to the local jail where they searched me one more time along with my purse at this, along with my purse this time. After the search was over, they uncuffed me and I chuckled slightly. I asked if it was okay if I reached into my pocket of my pants. Throughout all those searches, what, there was like three, two or three? Yeah. They somehow missed the dollar and 25 cents in change I had in my front pocket. (laughs) I placed it on the table in front of me and stepped backwards. They glared at me and snatched it up. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know why I think that's so funny, but I do. I then asked how much my bail might be as I needed to go home to get my 
I needed to go home to my sick cat who needed his medication. I was informed that they weren't certain at this point, but they asked how much I had available to me. I really should have lowballed, but I am not a gambler, so I just wanted to get home, and so I was fairly honest. 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 Yish. Honest. Honest. I had to fib a little bit due to having the knowledge that there is a 10% charge on uh, using a credit card to pay for a bail. They said that would be pretty close and walked me into booking. My mania hit once I sat down at booking. I was honest yet charming. I was joking around with the officer, logging my information. Inside, though, I was freaking the fuck out. There was a woman there who they eventually had to put in a pod because she was so riled up, intoxicated, and belligerent. I sat in the waiting area and a man tried to strike up a conversation. He asked what my charge was. And I said, I really didn't want to talk about it. I can imagine. I'd be like, well, uh, do I, I would have no. been that person that's like, you know what? I shoved my fucking ex-boyfriend down the fucking stairs. And I, it's, I'm sad he didn't break his fucking neck on the way down. <laughs> well, said fella decided to tell her his, the reason he, or what he was being charged with. A friend of his had passed on, as as was expected, but the person was to organize the funeral was in jail and had no idea. So this guy calls what he <laughs> this guy calls what he called the quote non emergency number to locate his inmate. The number he dialed was nine one one. No lie, this guy thought he <laughs> thought. He <laughs> Thought that was the non-emergency line. He was found in the system to have warrants and other matters, and they showed up and arrested him. Like, <laughs> I called 911 to report somebody dead. Can we not be that stupid, please? Like, you're trying to call the non-emergency line to get a hold of an inmate, but you so call 911, and they find How? out that you have okay. warrants. I want this on a meme. Right. How, how high? <laughs> exactly. How high were you? Well, I called 911 to find an inmate. Turns yes. out I have fucking warrants. And I became an inmate. And then I, and then I was a fucking inmate. <laughs> so I looked for him in there, and that was the wrong number, apparently, because I couldn't find I, that's him. That's some Joe Dirt shit. It really is. <laughs> he was still confused while sitting in booking. I made one attempt to inform him that 911 was the 911 was the actual emergency line. He then said that I looked like I was fun to party with and asked to hang out with me sometime some after getting out. I replied with a curt, No, thank you. <laughs> I actually had that happen. I got arrested in 2011 for a DUI. No shit. Fucking not my proudest moment. <clears throat> I've only gone to jail three times ever. Three. Three times ever. Uh, she's in my holding life. up the number two. Two. Two, three times ever in my life, a bench warrant for a speeding ticket, an assault charge, and my DUI in 2011. I went to jail with no shoes and no bra. Oh, no. Oh, I, that's the night that I braided hair and made friends with yes. that name named uh, Berta. Name, name. Name, name. Name, name. Named Berta. No, what was it? Murda. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I get out. We're like sitting in the fucking area where they like start expending the fucking inmates to the people that are picking them up when you get yeah um you get out oh, on I your don't. own uh, your your own recognizance. I've never even never been to a been jail. jail. I've never so, even been to one because I'm a fucking loser. So anyway, there's a guy standing there next to me 
who was just arrested for like crashing his fucking car into his house. And he's like, so uh, can I get your number? I was (laughs) like, no, no, dude, I'm done being stupid. Thank you very much for asking, though. Thanks. Thanks. But it's very flattering. Since I don't um, have a bra or shoes on. Or... I looked like hammered trailer <laughs> trash shit, dude. It was bad news. Very nice. I'm going to have to post that fucking mugshot. Yes. Because I was crying. Aww. I was so upset. Oh, dude. I'm pretty sure I would cry if I got it arrested. I'm going to. I sh- know it. I Yeah, dude. It was. I didn't give a fuck when I got arrested for the bench warrant. I didn't give a shit when I got arrested for assault. I got arrested for DUI. Because I was leaving somebody's house to avoid getting into a fight with him because it was an ex-boyfriend because we had already oh. fucking like gotten into some shit. And I threw my fucking shoes at him and got in my car and my bra was in the fucking house because we had like settled down to chill. Right. And shit went sideways and I left and I'd been drinking. I, I will not deny that. And the only reason I got fucking pulled over is because I didn't use my blinker when I took an off-ramp. Oh. I passed my field sobriety test and everything, but I was over the legal limit, so fair enough, I got a DUI. Yeah. yeah. And then the cop reached into my fucking car, and fat guy bit him, and oh, he was no. going to fucking impact. Yeah, dude. Well, you know, fat guy was a very protective dog. I know. He was- hated me. I know. He did not care for you, and I don't know why. All of, I think because he knew that I'm not like a dog person. I think he he got the vibe. He was like, oh, that bitch. That bitch most is here? People are like, her. Most people are like, oh, let me pet the dog. And I'm like, dude, you stay there, and I'll stay here. All right? We'll do but, this. God, I miss that dog. But yeah, he reached into the fucking car, and I told him. I was like, please don't do that. My dog's in the car. And I'm like, he's very protective. He reaches in the car, gets fucking bit. He's like, I'm going to have your dog fucking impounded. And I was like, oh, my fucking God, is this really happening? Anyway. So back to Red's story. I also remember while the conversation was going on, there was this guy sitting behind me just bawling his eyes out. I would take him to have been maybe 23 years old tops. I assumed he was popped for his first DUI and to just let him be. I personally just wanted to be left alone. So when they called me up for my mug shots and prints, I was actually thrilled. How is it that I was probably the most insane there, yet felt that these people in booking were far worse than me? When I was taken up for my mugshot, I was also, it was also surreal. I didn't exactly know what to do. I smirked a bit. The officer taking my prints and mugshot was all business, but I think I may have possibly gotten him to crack a smile. I would be so fucking awkward in there that I would be cracking jokes. You know how I get when I'm nervous. Like, that's the funniest fucking time that I am is when I'm really nervous or, like, uncomfortable. Like, I, I turn really funny. Uh, yeah, I would be That's when I'm my funniest. I either have to be really, like, uncomfortable or comfortable. There's, like, yeah. no in-between. No, that, Yeah. Yeah. Because I get around people that I don't know and I'm like, welp, time to be fucking weird. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I sat back down in booking and waited. There's there's so much waiting involved. My brain started churning about this. Were they really punishing me with this waiting area or was there really that much paperwork involved in such a slow night? I really need to find the answer to this question at some point. So anybody that has, let's ask you. You have been booked before. Yes. Does it really take that long every time to process the paperwork? No. 
it can be fast sometimes? Um, I, let's see. When I was arrested for assault, it was like a 25-minute thing. When I got arrested for DUI, because it was like a Friday night, it took a while because there were more people in there. Well, and she said there's only two other people in there. Oh, no, it should have been like a 20-minute fucking booking process, dude. The booking officer called me up to inform me. I was approved um, one phone call for a ride home. I apparently baffled him as I just simply asked for a cab ride. They have never heard such a request. I only knew a few people's phone numbers, and most of them lived out of town. I remember my best friend's number. I didn't want to call her as she was just coming off a terrible flu and had been heading to bed hours earlier. Unfortunately, she was it for me, so I dialed the number. There was such a pause between the actual person-to-person connection. What happens is the recording kicks in when the recipient answers that says something along the line of an inmate is attempting to reach you by the time the recording ended and i was patched through she answered the phone with what the fuck did you do all i could respond was i cannot disclose that information at this time but could you please come and pick me up at where where she was And she obliged, thankfully. Thankful for this friend who came to get her because they wouldn't let her have a cab home. I sat sat back down in booking for the wait. They had already processed my payment, but other things had to happen (laughs) before they could send me out the door. From what I know, my best friend had to check in that she and her husband were there for me, and their information had to be run as well. I felt bad enough, but when I found out all of that, I felt even worse. I remember staring at the exit door for what seemed like an eternity. They finally announced that I was allowed to leave. I tried to calmly walk to the door, but I felt like I was mostly bursting into a fat girl sprint, which is normal people walking as a fat girl. Right. Like, that's just a normal I want to get the hell out of here. Yeah, if somebody somebody could stand next to me and walk normal and I could be like what I consider sprinting and we'd be going at the same pace. That's how it is. I was finally safe and sound in my friend's husband's vehicle and we were off. My friend turned to me and said that she and her husband had a bet going on what I was arrested for. That would be us. All right. right. We've been betting. So what was it? Okay, go ahead and tell me now. You can say it. <laughs> He had figured I had gotten popped for a DUI, and she thought that I had finally got enough and kicked his ass. Well, I tapped, she fucking wins. Yep, I tapped up my nose and pointed to her. Since I had... She knows. Yeah, you, you <laughs> got it. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Since I had made a post about possibly going to jail, another friend of mine had texted me to see what was up. I texted back when I got home, saying that I was fine but shaken. He stopped by after being out all night drinking. Once I was settled into my house, I proceeded to drink the entire bottle of wine that hadn't been opened yet. He and I were really only co-workers prior to this, where I was a pretty hard ass. I made every attempt to keep my weaknesses hidden and always tried to come off as a cold-hearted bitch. At home, I couldn't hide that. I think it was the first time this person had ever seen any sort of sadness emotion out of me. He seemed baffled on what to do when it came to my sobbing. He left a while later, and I went to bed. He sounds like me when people are crying. I'm like, oh, oh I've, I gotta go. Is my warm body in the room enough? Because I don't know what to do. They're there, right? The fucking broom. When you cry, I'm just like, oh shit, she's doing it again. I just go into panic mode and stare. 
Uh, uh, fuck. Do you think it's going to stop? Can you give me an estimated <laughs> time that this is going can to I, last? Can I get an ETA of your emotional meltdown? Because I don't know what to, Like, do I have time to pee or is Dude, that I, but wrong? I fucking, that's the thing. Is like, I am such a fucking softie that I cry over everything. It could be a fucking commercial. I don't even need to be upset, but I like see it and I'm like, oh, and it touches my little heart. Right? Yeah. No. It's not my fault, dude. It's not my fault. I was born that way. Yes. Yes. When I woke up the next day, I knew I needed to do something for my defense, but I have never been in this position before. I had no clue. I searched for domestic violence attorneys, but they all seemed to be in different cities. Green Bay had absolutely nothing from what I could find. I ended up calling a friend who seems to know any type of person you might need. I know. I know a guy. Oh, it's better call Saul. Yes. I, I know. I got a friend that knows a friend. Yeesh. Yeesh. Fortunately, her uncle was a criminal defense lawyer. She came over and took over the situation, which I really needed at that point. She had just been through some curses at work. We also worked for the same company. Oh, she had also been through some courses at work. We also worked for the same company. And I found that what I was being charged with could cost me my job. So I mm-hmm. lawyered up with her uncle. God it's damn it. It's fucked up, dude, because my brother lost his job recently, which, so I won't see where he's working, where he was working, but they saw his name in the felony filings and he got canned. Yep. Yeah. Well, it sucks for her because she was reacting to a situation. Yeah, emotional abuse that happened forever. So then he got what he wanted with her reacting. And now she's got to pay for it. Like for him being a cunt bag. Well, my brother is a cunt bag. So I love him. He's my favorite person. He just makes bad decisions. He is not a smart man, Jenny. I'm not a smart man, (laughs) Jenny. Nope. To give a time frame, the incident happened Friday, and I can't. I contacted. I contacted my friend on Saturday. Monday, I had called in as I had a meeting with my lawyer. Later, later. Good God, fucking hey, Forrest, Jenny number five. You want to get your shit together? Mm-mm. <laughs> no. Monday, I had called in as I had a meeting with my lawyer later in the afternoon. I was absolutely depressed. The assistant DA ended up calling me on Monday prior to my appointment with my lawyer and asked a bunch of questions. One he kept asking me is, is this relationship with him over? I almost shouted yes into the phone, but even in my depressed state of mind, I only said that it was definitely not a healthy relationship and I wanted so much to steer clear of it from here on out. I met up with a lawyer later that day who accepted to defend me and handle everything. I couldn't bear to face the judge, not only out of embarrassment, but I also have a tendency to freeze up in front of authority figures like that. Dude, me too. I freeze up when I need to talk to anybody. I'm like, I could be at the bank and be like, transfer of funds. And you like hand them a no instead. And then they think you're trying to rob the place. No, I just can't hit the panic button. I'm just my fucking, my mouth won't work. I just can't mouth right now. No. 
I never stepped one foot in court over this, to which I am truly thankful. My lawyer and the DA end up, ended up settling on a deal that charged me with disorderly conduct and paying a small fine. The morning my lawyer called me to tell me this, I was just walking into work. Normally, I'm an extremely punctual person, but I thought, screw it, and sat in a chair near the vending area. I needed to be fully mentally present for this call. I, I'm sure she was about to shit her fucking self and probably oh, needed fuck, to I'm sit. Oh, fuck, I'm sure. Yeah, do I need to sit by a bathroom or should I get on the toilet already? I remember him telling me what the deal was and me yelling, I'll take it! <laughs> he prattled on... That we could go fight to get the charge dropped as well, but it would most likely be a losing battle. I was yelling, no, 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 fighting it. I'll take the deal. (laughs) Do it. Regardless of how awful my actions were that evening, nothing compares to the misery and pain I lived with for five years. I have never been one to not stand up for myself in my adult life except for in that relationship. I'm as stubborn and strong-willed as the day is long. Every attempt I made to gain some sort of ground was like he would slam his foot down in front of me, causing the ledge I was balanced on to crack and crumble apart. So what now? The restraining order expired on May 20th, 2018, which is this year, just a few months ago. Right. He has made several, several, (laughs) several. Wow. He has made attempts through the years to reach out. I was only able to file a charge on that once. The rest of the times were too much of a gray area to be able to get another charge to stick. So now, if I'm out, I'm always looking over my shoulder. I know what this piece of shit is capable of when it comes to playing around with my head, and I feel like it was all, I feel like I will always be watching for him. She's going to have to. Yeah. He knows how to break into houses to boot. Living in this state of paranoia is what keeps me awake at all hours of the night. Every little sound in the house I wake up to. It's been over three years since that incident, but I feel this will always stick with me. The good that came of all of this is how much more I can offer to this world. This was a giant learning lesson, and you better fucking believe I learned a lot. I've helped women get out of abusive relationships. I've taken in people that just needed to get on the right track again. I've learned the proper ways of handling the escape they need. I've learned how to sit with the police in those situations to become an advocate for the overwhelmed victim. The moment I'm contacted for assistance, my brain is in it. I stay calm and explain explain to the victim what I need to do and the reason why with physical abuse always get pictures. This is stressful to victims and I am compassionate as possible when I'm explaining why I need pictures. I allow them to take breaks from it. I make sure to save any communication I have prior to going to the victim so that I have a timeline to provide to the police. Should they decide to press charges, I send the officers every bit of evidence I have gotten for them. I recommend victim's journal for a while after getting out. I provide as much education as possible to the victim. Statistically, victims return to their abusers as I had multiple times. While my situation was different because of the rare physical violence, I still try to be the person for them that I never had going through this. Mentally, I know I'm not all there. I have other mental issues aside from the PTSD of this, and when the two combine their forces, I go batshit insane. Throughout this relationship, there were moments that I had just wanted to die, and there are still days I want to die because his screaming is still echoing in my head. 
I've tried dating. It never goes well. I'm just too much sometimes. I see it happening too, and I just can't stop it. This podcast and group have been a wonderful addition to my life. Thank you for sharing my story. If it helps even one person, then it was worth sharing. I just got the cheese. I know. Aw. And she is... She is there. If you want to know who it is, if you're in a relationship and you want help, if you want her to help you learn how to get out of it, she is fucking smart. Contact us. We will send you to her because she will help you. She has statistics. She has things to make you help you feel like you're not an idiot and and to raise awareness for mental abuse because it's a big fucking thing just because somebody didn't hit you doesn't mean that you're not a victim of abuse right i mean legally it is it like they haven't legally recognized it but you know what i'm saying it's still a gigantic abuse show thank you well we only had two share their stories this time because they were they were a little longer a little bit a little bit so thanks red Thanks, Red and Mike, for sharing your stories. Yeesh. Um, I do want to take one moment Mary. to talk about one new podcast. Okay. So, you know, Lindsay mm-hmm. from Corpus Delecti mm-hmm. with her cute ass little Southern mm-hmm. yeesh. She started her own podcast. It's a single narrated podcast. Oh, okay. Lindsay Dollarmoff. It's Morio Sif. Did you just call her Lindsay Dollar Muff? <laughs> no, Lindsay Dollar Mouth. Dollar Mouth. <laughs> I like it. It's I. It's like Musaf or some shit, but it's like Lindsay it's like, Dollar Musaf. It's so I just call her Lindsay Dollar Mouth. It's Morio Sif. It's M O R Y O U S S E F. So it's. Apparently, Lindsay Dollar Mouth. <laughs> Wait, was that what you said? <laughs> Lindsay Dollar, Dollar Mouth. Dollar Mouth. Yes. It's called Mugshot, and we'll play the promo for it at the end of at the end of this episode. You will hear a promo for said podcast. And we're going to need you to step into your seat, put on your seatbelt, keep your hands and feet to yourself at all times. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the podcast. But go support Lindsay. She's cute as. F- fuck like her little voice is just so goddamn cute cute but this is about it's yeah it's called mugshot you'll hear the promo it's it sounds pretty fucking cool we also real fast oh god Did, i just get right into your mouth i right violated in. the shit out of my mic just now <gasps> get in my mouth you know you want it <laughs> All right, you need to get laid, because, like, for real, dude, you just mouth-banged the shit out of that. Right. And it wasn't very graceful, so we all know what's coming for the poor fella that gets it. God, don't give her a corn dog. No. Jesus Christ. She's just going to be like, Wait, what do I do? She's gagging herself with a popsicle. Rubbing the teeth. Is this the right way? No. No, ma'am. Bleak Shop, big shout out to the Bleak Shop for our pins. Botons. Yes, pins, botons, whatever you want to call uh, them. Botons? We're going to hand them out if you see us in New Orleans. New Orleans. And we're going to order more so you can buy them. And maybe if maybe we can set it up through him to where you can buy ours through him. I don't know. I'll ask him. But yeesh. cool yeesh. buttons. Thank you. 
to the bleak shop and we would like to do patreon shout outs because we have so many amazing patrons we have samantha vaughn sharon hoffman clinton toon thank you because those are our examinators emily duvall jessica hagan lynn shirley and jacqueline brock thank you thank you thank you Thank you so much for your patronage. The next one is my big brother. His name's Ryan Merrill. Hey. Thank you. Thank you. Rochelle Saunderhouse. Jess Miller Chiller is what it says on here. Jess Chiller. Dish. Can we call her Jess Chillin'? Just Chillin'. Just Chillin'. Kristen Girone. I'm sure I'm fucking it up because that's what I do. D. Gardner, Julia Miller, Corey Osborne, Carrie Sabrowski, The Oddballs Podcast. The Oddballs. I do love The Oddballs. Tiffany Imig. I think I say it right, but I don't know. Mackenzie Fueling, Vanessa Sloth, Lizzie in the Sloth, Labs. Sloth, Sloth, Sloth. She's our friend in Heber. Yes, you are. Uh, Lizzie in the Lab and Amy Scott. Kristen Stone, Catherine Moore, Don Hansen, Dave Diggs, Heather Rottweiler, Sarah Fernald, Andrew Neal, Kasia Kilthow, Justin Morris, Mally Frias, Michelle King, Kelly Van Bookout, Joe Ryder, the Creeper. And thank you, Michelle. Yeesh. Yeesh. And she's coming up on her like seven months of being a surrogate mommy. Aww. She's about to make a baby for somebody else. Aww. Just like the most selfless thing ever. Right? We have Pleasing Terrors, Mike Brown, um, Brent Ansel, Kristen Kendall, Michael Pritt, Tiffany Ann, Tiffany Pipe, Tiffy, Tiffy, Ruru, <laughs> Mindy Smith, Nicole Staples, Shauna Bowen, Molly Smith, Kristen, that's last name I cannot fucking say. It's like Kmissik. I don't know. We love you all the same. Sarah. I know exactly who you're talking about. Right? And it gets me every, every time. time. And every then I overthink time. it and I just can't do it. I'm so sorry. Sorry. Sarah Thompson. Teddy Gingrich. Gingrich? I don't know. Gingrich. Gingrich? Gingrich? I don't know. We don't know. Sorry, we're assholes. Yeesh. Big ones. Gaping assholes. G- giant gaping, gaping assholes. assholes. Lucy Barton, Celeste Mazel, Vin Simintelli. 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 I'm sad that he doesn't get to go. Me too. It would have been fun to go party with Benny. Maybe we can go to Connecticut soon. Maybe we can. Maybe. I mean, other people are going. <laughs> Meet me in the woods, Geninator. The Geninator. Brandon Shepard and the Pancast Pancast Carl Pavo Podduction. Yeesh. They do uh, That's No Moon, it's a podcast. And And they do Foot of the Mountain, too. And the Hillbilly Horror Stories. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you to everyone. You guys make a big difference in our production, and we can do shit that we wouldn't do before and get new shit. And so, thank you. For thank you. Thank your you patronage you. and your support of the podcast, podcast. everybody.
Okay, so we talked about how we were going to talk about how what we thought okay, potato you, looked about looked like. Okay. Okay, so give me yours. Mine is bald. Older than he actually should be in this because, you know, when you just get a mental image, you can't get it out. Right. So 40-ish, bald, with a pot belly and a white wife beater that's usually dirty because he's a lazy fucker. Like some fucking hillbilly, like, uh, what the fuck? Come on, Bobby. Dad, yeah. Bobby? Yes. Like that yes. shit. Yes. What the fuck is the name of that show? King of the Hill. Yeah. King I almost said King show. of the Mountain. King of the Mountain. 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 <laughs> with baggy jeans with a uh, wallet chain. Oh, God. Yeah. That's that's mine. Okay. So mine is more like Billy Joel from Green Day. Oh, but he's got like shit. the emo fucking yeah. haircut. Yeah. And he's like carrying around a guitar that he can't play very well. And he's wearing like fucking a band t-shirt that he's never even listened to. So it's like he's listening like a Ramones t-shirt. And, and he knows like, like one, one song. song. And he's wearing like fitted fucking jeans. Wallet chain. Totally in my head too. Yeah. But At he's, least we had that. I know, right? But he's got like... <clears throat> The fitted jeans and like the shoes that are so fucking expensive, but he has no idea why he fucking buys them. Right. And and then he makes fucking red buy them for him. Yeah. Because he's a dirtbag. Yeah. Piece of shit. I feel like I think that um, he was so old because I like I can picture his sloppy ass sitting on the couch just like shoveling shitty food into his mouth and like ordering her around. And laughing at her, just like sitting on the couch, like ruling his like shitty life that he has made for himself. I don't know why that makes him 45, but it does. I don't know. In my head, he's like, because Billy Joel is in his fucking, he's almost in his fucking 50s. Billy Joel. Oh, I thought you said Billy Joe. Yeah, Billy Joe. Oh. From Green Day. Oh, okay. Lead oh, okay. I got confused with Billy Joel. Oh, no, 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 no. And um, and then like, because at first I thought you said Billy Joe, Green yeah. Day, and then I when may you have just said Billy Joel, then I got confused. But I think Billy Joel is like like 60. Billy Joe from 70. Green Day, like yes. just where he's still. Trying he is to be older, that, like, huh? Yeah, he's still trying to be that like punk rocker, like cool guy. Yeah, but he fucking sucks all the dicks. Yeah, like one here, 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 one here, here, one here, like one a here, whole one here, bag one here. of them. Like, and even Sir, if you, just you suck- have a bag of dicks on you. Did you know? Even if you just suck all of them individually and I want them to be little ones. So you actually have to put <laughs> pew, 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 pew. <laughs> when you this got is that- 22. Pew, pew, pew. 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 You got that little pew, pussy. Pew, pew. You got them little lips. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. <laughs> you ain't got that big muscle. Like, <sighs> auntie. <laughs> That big camel toe. Oh, you got the God. little pussy with the little lips. Fucking pew pew pew. Pew pew pew. <laughs> I haven't watched the that fucking, for too the, long. I can't. I the need fucking to. Bit, the, but the face that she makes. It's a twenty two. Pew pew pew. It's a chop. Oh shit. We just blew up everybody's speakers that was trying to listen to this on a car. Sorry. <laughs> Are we allowed to still be Canadian? Because I've been telling everybody, sorry, sorry about that. I don't know what the that turns into. It's up my whole new. Uh, I don't si know. Play we see la tite. Yes. I fucking. That was like my favorite part of that entire fucking movie. 
Which where one? they're just like super troopers too oh yeah where oh, they're pretending yeah. to fucking speak french and he's like a la wee wee sa fuck off ali sa yeah. body say and everything like oh and they're God. like i can't we remember don't, we don't fucking speak french and i was like they don't either do you know what came out on digital download today what deadpool 2 do you know what i bought at like 12 30 this morning deadpool, deadpool 2 but i haven't watched it yet i'm gonna have to do that too well i'm, I'm waiting for tonight. hereditary because they really want to see it, even though Tom said it was shit. But I want to check it out. Um, I did watch A Quiet Place with John Krasinski. How was that? It was very interesting, but I wanted it to be more. I want more. I wanted it to be more. I it was an interesting. Where the people are. I want to see, want to see them dancing, strolling along down that. What's what do you that call it again? again? street up where they walk up where they run up where they stay all day in the sun wandering free wish i could be part of your world Ooh, fuck that was like other than the fact that we can't fucking sing I, we were on we point. were right uh, other than the fact that it sounded like a couple of cats screaming outside, we Dude, were good. Like, we were other together. Than, other than it sounds like a couple of cats outside humping. I mean, <laughs> hate fucking. Those cats are hate fucking Just, each other. All right. I so, should we wrap this up? Yes, because I got to pee again. Piss, piss. I got to go so piss, don't, piss. So, so, maybe don't piss your pants. And, and stay, stay out, out of chalk, chalk lines. lines. Goodbye. Goodbye. You've heard the stories about murder and homicide. But what about the rest of the crimes committed daily? What about the police officer who robbed banks during lunch or the multi-million dollar diamond heist? What about the assaulters, stalkers, and arsonists? I'm Lindsay, the host of Mugshot. Mugshot is a new true crime podcast that tells the stories of non-murderous crimes. Season one has begun and new episodes release on Mondays. Mugshot can be found on most podcatchers and on social media at the handle at MugshotPod. I hope you'll join me, but until then, be on your best behavior or you'll end up with your own mugshot. kept him but he would make me a list of things I couldn't do during the day because I was getting too fat 
like he would tell me no naps, but I woke up at four o'clock in the morning to get him off to work. Then I would go change all the, like the big sprinklers, like the, the oh, wheel the lines, like out in the field. I had six of them. I changed in the morning and then I went and fed cows and then did whatever chores. And so I would come home at lunch and eat lunch and maybe take a small snoozer, but I've never been a big napper. It was like maybe 30 minutes. And his dad did the same because it was the hot part of the day. So we stayed home for that. My house was always spotless. It was never, ever not clean. I scrubbed Dude, the floor. you fucking floor on your hands and knees? Three times a week, I scrubbed out my hands and knees. And anyway, he would he would tell me, no naps, shave your pussy. Like, I had a whole list of shit like that that I had to do. Don't eat this. Don't eat that. Don't turn on the TV. Like, make sure you shower. Wear these clothes. I have... I, Sure, I still have the list. I kept it. I should have fucking run him over. All right, continue. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. That, shave your pussy. Wear these clothes. I will fuck. I swear to fucking God, I will run him the fuck over. Mm-hmm. You leave that in. Is that fucking for real? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I still have the list somewhere. 